Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. I am back after a long hiatus. I miss Samhain. I'm so sorry. So I feel like I have to get some things off my chest that y'all probably need to know. I have a nerve disorder. I think I've talked about it a little bit. And filming the documentary and preparing pre-production and post-production, all that process in, in what was pretty much the majority of October really showed me that I have to be more conscientious of the kind of energy work that I do on set and the kind of just garden variety stress that I allow into my life on set. I learned a pretty harsh lesson. It really fucked me up. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I, there's no other way to slice it. it. It fucked me up. And this is just season one, people. <laughs> like, hold on to your fucking butts. The process of filming the documentary was so emotionally, spiritually, physically exhausting that I knew I was going to have to take a break from it when I came home. And sadly, that meant I had to take a break from the podcast too. And and the part that I want to be like open with you about and that I feel shitty about is that I keep promising and not delivering and I am a Capricorn and it's eating me alive inside. So I want to first say I am so sorry for that. I really am. I am learning. I am also a human, mostly, I think, TBD. But either way, whatever I am, I make mistakes. This is my first experience in this level of the realm of woo. And so I, I, when I say, oh yeah, next week, John's episodes are going to come out. I sincerely believe it in that moment. What I've learned is that the woo is so much less predictable than you think it will be. <laughs> and I need to be more comfortable with the flexibility of, I don't have seasons, so I need a break, y'all. Anyway, I just wanted to say sorry for that. And that's something that I will be working on. But really, there are proper excuses for being gone for seven weeks. You know, the first being that, like I said, filming fucked me up. And I, I want to talk to you about it. I'm going to give you a little bit of, of information, I guess, here and there. I can't really give you much. But my health went crazy afterward. Also, I lost my PA. You know, I think that it wasn't just too woo for me. It was also too woo for my PA. So she she is gone now. We're still on good terms, but she is no longer working for me. And so that kind of set things back because she was keeping things on track for what's to come next. And when I came home from filming, it was just like this inbox of madness that I'm finally digging through. Ah, So if I owe you an email, my apologies. I'm getting through the mountain of emails. The good news is on that front that there will be a new PA coming in within the next few weeks. I'm not giving dates anymore. I'm doing a trial run with one now, and I'm just making sure that they can handle the level of woo that we're getting into. I know I did just say that it was too woo for me. It wasn't too woo for me. It was too woo too fast for me. And a lot of that had to do with a number of factors that I can't tell you anything about. (laughs) I don't want you to think that I am now like, no, we're not doing any more woo. We're going to go even deeper and even harder. And season two has, oh, that sounded gross, deeper and harder. I think (laughs) I don't love it. So we're going to go, we're going to dive deeper and harder. We're going to (laughs) dive. We're going to investigate more woo. And season two is already percolating. Like we've already got some pre-production meetings under our belt. So it is real and it is happening. There is this balance that we have to sort of find with giving ourselves breaks and then also maintaining responsibility and reliability. And I think that's really what I'm getting at with y'all 
sort of in my confessional here is that I am such a responsible person. And when I'm not, or when I let people down, I feel bad about it. And then I sometimes go into my like neurodivergent ADD spiral of now I can do nothing. And that's just part of the way my brain works. So I'm working on that balance. And I also had a vampire feed on me. And that was one of the most remarkable things that's ever happened to me energetically in my life. So there's been a lot to unpack. I don't know if any of that made sense. (laughs) I hope it did. I'm still working it out. And I'm really sorry that you didn't get a Samhain episode. Truth be told, I recorded a Samhain episode. And I even got pretty far almost all the way through editing it, and I didn't like it. Do you ever feel like your brain is not matching up with your mouth? I mean, of course, this happens to everyone, but it just felt like there was so much going on with past life stuff and my dreams that I was getting confused truly between this reality and the reality that we stepped into during filming. So I wasn't fully present when I recorded Samhain. And when I listened back to it, I was like, oh God, I cannot post that. You'll just have to wait for fucking next year for Samhain and it'll be a good one. Or maybe I shouldn't promise that. Jesus Christ. I'm working on it. All right. (laughs) I don't know. I'm also working with a disembodied entity right now who I will not name, but he has been so present in my meditations and divination sessions. And there's a lot of new memories that are popping up, feelings that I haven't fully unpacked before. Life is about learning, right? I mean, I even have it tattooed on my arm. It says Ankura Amparo. I'm still learning. I think we all are. Even if we don't want to, we get the same lesson over and over again until we fucking learn the dang thing. But I think there are times in your life when the shadow work becomes intense and you really marinate in it, for lack of a better term. You you get pickled in that shit and it's uncomfortable, but it yields such beautiful results if you can sit with it and if you're patient. Sometimes it's really hard to be patient when it's painful, right? Like one of the things that really came up for me when I was fed on or after I was fed on, the process of being fed on was so fascinating. We'll have to get into that later. But it was so uh, like tornado-like, you know? It's how it felt. It kind of like went into my body and swirled around. And then in the process, right? Like when a twister comes through, it digs up all the stuff that had roots, you know, like foundation that was pretty deep down in the earth and it brings it all up. So one of the things that came up for me is this feeling of abandonment that I've had all of my life this lifetime. And apparently, according to my dreams and my past life stuff that's been coming up, other lifetimes too. And abandonment is a tricky one, right? Because it's so intrinsically tied to I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for someone to stay with me. That can be so detrimental if we let it fester in the deeper layers of the self. So that has come to the surface. Fun times. (laughs) It's hard. Brene Brown, as I always say, would be very proud of me, I think. And it's not over. It'll be lifelong. And maybe I won't even completely feel like I'm good enough in this lifetime. But does that matter? Can I still do my work? And I think if you would have asked me when I was younger, I would have said, no, absolutely not. You have to like reach some level of quote unquote enlightenment before you can help people. But that totally disregards the archetype of the wounded healer, of this idea that when we investigate our own pain and take responsibility for it, doesn't mean we've got it all figured out and it's all healed. We become healers for other people's pain. We become more empathetic because of the work that we've done on ourselves. And I think it's a really central intention that I have for this show. I want to authentically and creatively express myself and help to reignite a sense of childlike wonder in people through storytelling and physical connection so that others feel inspired to also authentically and creatively express themselves. That kind of intention that really has such strong ties to who I am at my center. If you were to take away like 
all of the things that we pile on to protect ourselves because we don't feel good enough and get down into the like core of who Fen is. That is my intention. That is my purpose. That has to mean something. I'm not sure why I'm telling you this. I guess now I feel like I want you all, the audience, to be a part of what I just went through, which was so profound that I barely told anyone. Like, I don't even know what fucking happened. (laughs) I have to watch the documentary myself. We did our last day of filming on October 27th, and I promised myself that I would let go of it. I wouldn't look at the footage. I wouldn't touch it for at least a month. I think I'm ready, but I'm scared because there's a lot of crying. Everybody on set cried multiple times and made a fool of themselves, some more than others. In fact, maybe me the most. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, listeners. I check my little website hosting platform and I see that you're still listening. I still have y'all checking in on me, emailing me and sending me DMs. I am grateful for you all. All right. (laughs) I think I'm done bearing my soul to you. All right. Let's talk about my guest today. It's John Russell. You know him. You love him. He is just a dear buddy of mine. John's been on the show three times. He is hilarious. And he and I always get into the nitty gritty of the thing. I have him on a lot because y'all have told me you love our conversations ask and you shall receive. This time, John and I just wanted to catch up, but we talked about what was on both of our minds, which was basically how paranormal investigations can be better and how the networks only want to see the same fucking shit over and over again. John was also having some really interesting experiences with rocks or specifically one rock. I would just say, keep an open mind. I will follow up with him and ask him for some pictures of said rock, because I would like to see this rock too. In case you've forgotten, John has been a professional psychic and medium for over 50 years. He's also a paranormal investigator, and he's experienced, I think it's somewhere over a thousand supernatural physical uh, manifestations. He's also been on loads of podcasts, most notably probably Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. John's also an author. He's written two books that I mentioned in previous episodes, and he's working on another. So when that comes out, hopefully we can do an episode on that. So this is part one. And in the second part, we get more into some cryptid stuff and some other things. But this first part, we really focus on what a better paranormal TV show would be like. Buckle in and check out part one of my chat with John Russell. I love you. have some things that I want to talk to you about, but I just want to start with like, what the hell you're going through, you know, since the last time we spoke. (laughs) I know it's going to be weird shit. It's going to be some weird shit. You know, the, uh, one of the neatest things is I've been finding these magic rocks and yeah, I know. Hang in there, hang in there. Buckle you, buckle yourself in, because it's the woo's fixing to get weird, man. (laughs) I've always liked working with crystals and things. And as you know from past discussions, I believe that everything has some type of either intrinsic energy, intelligence, or both, or, or whatever. And I really begin to get interested in rocks, just ordinary garden variety rocks. When we moved to this house, we moved at now. And and I've been a gardener since I was a kid. I can get a stick to grow. And I love gardening. I love being outside. And so when we moved to the house we're at now, the people that had been here previously and the front of the backyard had dumped like a gazillion, and I can't overemphasize gazillion, rocks everywhere in all the flower beds. Now, ostensibly, that's to keep the weeds down. So from my perspective as a rock lover, this was manna. This was heaven. I could go out in the front yard, in the backyard and put her around, dig around all the rocks and find these amazing, amazing rocks. So in this one spot, two rocks appeared there that were not there before. And I look very carefully when I'm looking at areas and I'm very attentive. Well, these two rather large rocks appeared in this area that weren't there before. And I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Okay. 
this one rock is about the size and the color of a, of a pale potato. And it has this really neat energy to it. And then next to it was a slightly smaller rock, palm size. You put it in your hand, you know, you got something there. And it has all these weird protrusions and striations and everything on it. Well, it had this one uh, perfect circle that kind of sticks out from the, the rest of the rock. It's almost like an add-on or like somebody chipped it away or something. And it looks like an eye. It looks like a round eye. So immediately this rock's got my attention. So I bring the rock in, bring them both in, put them in my office with my other collection of rocks. And the one with the, the round eye type thing, it starts to change from day to day to day. The color of it changes. The patterns in it change. And the striations, they get sharper and, and deeper, and then they recede and go down. So overnight, I came in, and I picked it up and looked at it, and it was covered all over with this white, I don't know, like this white bloom. And I'm like, well, is this some kind of weird fungus, or is this a reaction to being inside under the air conditioning? Or so I try and wipe it off. It doesn't come off. I try and file it off real gently with a nail file. doesn't come off. doesn't touch it. Nothing happens. So then the white bloom recedes and disappears and goes away, and the rock's back to normal. Except the darkest part of the rock is now kind of a caramel color, and the underside of the rock where it was light is now much, much lighter. So I'm okay, whatever's happening here, communicate with me, what's going on? Well, then the white bloom starts again, but only in places on the rock and faces start coming up out of the rock in this white bloom. Now, this is getting really, really awesome. <laughs> so the faces disappear, and then there's a sigil that I use that I developed for myself decades ago, probably. And that sigil appeared in white on that rock. So I'm like, man, we got something going on here. This this rock, the other side, of this is communicating with me big time. Let me know that personally, hey, I know you. I know this guy. And then that disappeared and it spelled my name. Dang. And so now it's like every day, get up, look at the rock. What's there now? <laughs> what message is there now? What picture is there now? What's going on now? So that's my latest magic rock escapade. <laughs> only me, right? I know, yeah. only me. Have you been like documenting the data, like writing down the messages or anything or taking a picture each day? Yeah, so I've done that. Now, I haven't taken a picture of it. My producer asked me if I documented it with a series of photographs. And I said, no, I haven't. And I've gotten spirit photographs before. I've taken successful spirit photographs. And I've taken successful photographs of anomalies. But with this particular rock, it's like whatever intelligence or energy that is manifesting this, so far it's like this is just for me and you and no photographs yet. Just pay attention. This is just your, your message. Nothing that I want anyone else to see yet. So yeah. if I get the okay on that, then then people will get to see the results of that. Now, there have been a lot of other things that I've photographed that I've been able to show people. One of the weirdest things, we may have talked about this before, when I was living in upstate New York, we had this crystal clear uh, stream that ran about 20 feet from our house. We actually own part of the stream. And so I would get out there and take photographs of the stream all hours of the day and night, different light changes and this, that, and the other. One of the things, when I'm looking in the stream with a camera, I was photographing the section of the stream and the water's crystal clear. You can see all the way to the bottom. So if there were anything there, I would have noticed it with my naked eye. So I took several photographs of that area went, and this is back before I was using digital. And I went and got the film developed. And when I got the film developed and one of the frames in that clear area of the stream, there was a large orange jack-o'-lantern with a green stem, <laughs> a little eyes cut out, and a little jagged mouth under the water, resting there, resting there on the bottom of the stream, <laughs> a large, large orange jack-o'-lantern. And I just, I, I freaked out, and I showed my wife, and I showed everybody else, and I would show my photography instructor these photographs, and she was like, are you Photoshopping this stuff? And I didn't even know what Photoshop was. <laughs> so I have had some interesting things before. Uh, and I have, you know, taken some successful photographs before that other people have seen. But so far, 
uh, the Little Rock is like, hang on, don't don't take pictures yet. We'll we may get there, but uh, so. And that goes back to what I'm always telling everybody interacting with the paranormal realm. Be respectful of things. Don't just assume you can do something. Mm-hmm. Always ask permission or ask what their intent is or ask what they're desirous of in the situation. And I told you the story of the haunted camera, one of my haunted cameras that I ruined because I was trying to take a, a, a photograph of a spirit that didn't want to be photographed and said mm-hmm. they didn't want to be photographed. I said, damn it, I'm going to photograph you. And as a result, my camera fried. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. always, always be respectful. Always be attentive. For sure. So what do you think about the, the jack-o'-lantern? Like, you know, I know we've talked a bunch, and, and usually your answer is it's just spirit sort of saying hi. But the jack-o'-lantern yeah. is such a specific imagery. You know, do you think there was anything? Was it like Halloween season? Like, what, well, it was- it was getting there. Yeah, it was it was the fall and I love Halloween. That's always been one of my favorite holidays. And I'm an artist as well as a photographer. And I've always loved drawing jack-o'-lanterns and drawing Halloween-ish themed things and all that type of stuff. So that was that was kind of a little message, I think a dual purpose message and acknowledging, you know, the uh, the season and it just kind of saying hi to me. So that was yeah. that was pretty neat. Yeah. And that magic rock, in my mind, it's of the natural realm. So I would think it might be fae. Do you think it's a spirit? Do you think it's fae? Do you think it's something interdimensional? I mean, not that those other things can't be interdimensional, as we've discussed before. You know, we've talked about nature spirits and the varieties of nature spirits and things. And the leading that I'm getting at this point is that there may be rock people. There may be this intelligence inherent in rocks, which would seem to kind of fall in line with if you've ever watched like David Politis and uh, Missing 411, The Haunted, uh, The Hunted, rather. People tend to disappear where there are these large clusters of granite boulders, and there seems to be this strange paranormal activity around rocks, particularly boulder fields and things like that. So what I'm being led to at this point is that there are sentient beings either in rocks or around rocks, or maybe the rocks themselves actually possess some type of intelligence, some type of, of sentience. And I'm beginning to look at them as like a separate entity under the umbrella of all this. Like we look at fairies, we look at UFOs. Now I'm looking at rocks and saying, okay, rocks are this unique intelligence, this particular intelligence. Yeah, I was just talking with someone recently who was like, they, I forget what episode they were listening to, but she was like, I can't believe that. Like, how how can you even believe that? So I do want to just say to the listeners that, you know, if you're listening to John talk about this magical rock and you're like, that's fucking crazy. We are taught, generally speaking, to push down the magic, to ignore it, yeah. to yeah. to work, always working, working, working. We have no time to notice the the magic that's happening and we're also yeah yeah, and we're taught to to downplay our intuitive gifts as well in your case you have made your career about your intuitive gifts so you've been given permission to explore these things and they definitely like to explore back with you because you get a lot of weird messages they love to communicate with me they love to communicate with me yeah, the, the other side definitely has communicated with me very strongly since I've been a kid. And what you say is so true. You know, it's like this is the, the paranormal, that communication from those realms. It is around us constantly. It's always there, but we don't pay attention to it. And for the most part, we've been taught not to pay attention to it, not how to engage with it, but how to ignore it. And it starts in our childhood. After Grandpa died, he came and sat on my bed and talked to me the other night. No, he did not, you know, or you've got a really good imagination or, you know, whatever. And we begin to shut down our receptivity to that. I know people that have, they've experienced the paranormal, but they've ignored it. They said it's a figment of their imagination or it's a coincidence or whatever. And they pushed it so far away that by the time they're adults and they come around to the realization that, you know, by God, they're really probably is something there. Maybe I need to be listening to my intuition. Maybe I need to be getting that guidance. Maybe I need to be communicating with that. By the time they arrive at that perspective, 
they've pushed it so far away that it's difficult for them to regain that connection. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that in my experience, most people have had a paranormal experience, but they don't always quantify it that way or remember it right away until you start digging. Also, sometimes they're just like, no, that that wasn't anything, you know, and then they hear that lots of people maybe experience that same exact thing. And they're like, oh, oh, I guess maybe that was a thing. And then, like you said, unfortunately, there's a number of humans who, by the time they're adults, they have almost zero connection with their intuitive self. Exactly. Like you were saying, there's going to be listeners listening to this go, oh, Jesus Christ, John and his magic rock. Yeah, right. (laughs) And, you know, for those people, you always get that challenge. You always get that skepticism. But for those people, what I would challenge them to do is with an open mind and with an open heart, begin to explore this realm and see what they're pulled to and see what they're called to. And then be open and receptive to that and be attentive, pay attention to what's going on and allow something to develop in your life that gives you some proof that there is this other realm that we can interact with that will help us, protect us, guide us, enable us to help and protect and guide others. But you have to be at least be willing to be open to the possibility. Okay, UFOs, I can buy that. Psychics, maybe okay. Healers, yeah, probably. But a magic rock, come on. Yeah, but look, you know, we've got this umbrella of things that are mystical and marvelous and magical and wonderful. And if we shut one thing down, it kind of tends to shut everything else down. Mm-hmm. And I'm not telling you to be gullible. I'm not telling you to go out and drink the Kool-Aid, join a cult or whatever. I'm just <laughs> saying exercise some open-mindedness and be willing to be open to the possibility that some of these things could happen, that some of these things could exist. You know, you say, well, John is magic rock. Well, you start researching history. People have talked about magic and rocks and magic and trees and magic and wands and magic and rivers and magic and things for eons. It goes back as far as recorded history. People have talked about other intelligences, other beings, other entities, fairies, gnomes, so on and so forth. So rather than just wholesale dismiss things, just say, well, okay, yeah, maybe whatever. Where do I start, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe go buy a book on crystals and what crystals do, what certain qualities are associated with a certain crystal and open your mind up to that and use that in meditation and see what happens. If that doesn't work for you, try something else. And then when it happens, don't be scared of it. You're not going to open a portal to something that you can't control. No demons are going to come get you and blah, blah, blah. This is just a normal facet, a normal part of living on this planet and engaging with these realities. And there's nothing to be afraid of. People get startled when they've been told their entire lives there's nothing to it, or they've convinced themselves there's nothing to it. And all all of a sudden, they begin to have this paranormal experience. It can scare the crap out of them, absolutely. And I've had I don't know how many clients call me and tell me, John, first first words out of their mouth, John, you're my last hope before I turn myself into the nut house. Literally, <laughs> that's what they've said. And the reason for that is they've suddenly had a physical paranormal experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, science supposedly says this can't exist, and the skeptics say this can't exist, and the news people make fun of people that talk about this, and my friends would say I'm crazy if I talk about this, and and I've been told this just doesn't happen, but there it is. So, ergo, I must have lost my mind. I must mm-hmm. have gone crazy. I'm nuts. I'm hallucinating. And I've had a lot of clients call me that way, and I've had to explain to them, you know, look, you've experienced the paranormal on the physical realm of physical manifestation. Here's what you do with that. Here's how you lean into that and grow with that, control that, and learn to deal with that and become aware that there's this vast, wonderful, fantastic world out there. Why do I call it fantastic? Because it's saved my life many times, literally. Yeah. And it's given me guidance. It's been incredibly beneficial. And it's enabled me to give guidance and predictions that prove to be accurate and prove to be helpful to thousands of clients. So it's it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it's not the scary thing that they try and scare you to death with on the so-called ghost hunting TV shows. There's none mm-hmm. of that nonsense to it. So that's what you need to be aware of and open up to. You're spot on with all that. And you we know that we agree with each other 100% on this yeah. stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the science part is really interesting because 
even from a quantum physics perspective, it's starting to catch up with these paranormal concepts and just quantum physics will state that an experiment is affected by its observation. Right. Exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And then they've seen that with this parallel thing, I can't remember what you call it because I'm not a scientist. I don't study physics, but they have this experiment where something happens to this atom or this thing or this thing over here. And over here, the same thing happens to that one. Yes. Yes. So, you know, there's, there's this interconnectedness in the universe. And I always get really, really frustrated, really tickled and, and really angered at people that say, there's no science for this. There's a ton of science for this. Mm-hmm. Go to Stanford Research Institute. On one of the podcasts that I was, was interviewed on periodically, they would get Brandon Fugel on from Skinwalker Ranch. And I would always tune in because I would always, over in the chat column, I'd take Brandon's side. And the reason I would take Brandon's side is because there were all these ne'er-do-wells in the chat going, well, they there ain't no science. They ain't proven nothing. They haven't captured anything. And there's no real scientist out there, and it's not real science. Well, Travis, I was amazed the other day. I, I researched Travis online yeah. accidentally. And just started finding one link after the other. And this guy was with the DOD. He's got the top secret clearances. He's yeah. a scientist. He's a rocket He's a scientist. scientist. He's done all this crap. The guy that has all the big control room with all the monitors, all this, all that. He's a legit scientist. On and on and on and on. So there are bona fide scientists out there doing real science. Mm-hmm. And as far as the statement that they've never captured anything, that there's no proof, have you never watched the frigging shows? Nearly yeah. every show, they capture a UFO on camera. They capture paranormal phenomena on camera. Yeah. They capture evidentiary cold spots, fluctuations in temperatures, all this on equipment, cameras, monitors, on, on and on and on and on. And it's like, man, what do you mean there's no proof? They're getting proof all the time. So. Yeah. It just, it just, I, I don't know. It seems that all of a sudden there's this big pushback against UFOs and the paranormal. The government's come out and said they're real, they're physical objects, they're not ours. And there's this pushback against that. And there's all this scientific evidence for the paranormal and all these things that have been captured reliably. And there's this big pushback against that. Man, you can't believe some of these podcasts are going over in the chat room. Well, this guy is the biggest fraud on the planet, he's a con artist. Uh, he does these things because he's possessed by the devil. He is the devil. He's the child of the devil. He's related to the devil. He's demon-possessed. He's consorting with demons. Uh, <laughs> and on and on. It's like, where is all of this crap coming from? It's like, I feel like I'm back in the 70s again. You know, yeah. What is going on, people? Well, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people have commented on how we're kind of moving into another satanic panic, kind of that that the people are like, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. This is insane. Psychic equals demon. Psychic devil. equals yeah. devil, yeah. you know, witchcraft, all this stuff that we've been like more open to. It's like, no, we're kind of swinging back. And I know, you, know, I know. you mentioned the CIA as well, you know, and you've probably you probably know about this for sure. But I don't know if the listeners know. The CIA has been just releasing documents big time. And you can just go on the website and find documents about there's literally everything. Psychics, telekinesis, remote viewing, aliens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, If you you don't. Yeah. If you think it's (laughs) bullshit. I mean, you can literally go to the CIA's website. So I I think (laughs) people have to remember that there's been loads of research. It's just. We focus on what the media tells us to focus on because it's so damn powerful. Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. And it's so funny talking about the abundance of evidence that's out there. One of the things that I have observed recently is that if you point people toward the evidence, and for example, like you say, the official CIA website, go look, it has this stuff. I've seen it. I've gone and looked. What you're talking about is there. And if you point people to that, they will still somehow push it away or deny it or debunk it or refuse to believe it. And I just, I I don't understand that. I don't understand the mindset of people. You know, my credo in life has been, I'm going to follow the truth no matter where it leads. 
I haven't gone with the way I was raised, with religious dogma, with ritual, tradition of any source, of any kind. I've always said, okay, this works or it doesn't. You know, this comes from here and it's real or it isn't. What is the truth? Well, the truth works. The truth works on this realm and here and now. It's not time the sky by and by and it's not theory and it's not philosophy. It works. I have this big frustration with UFOs and with ufology, and we'll get into that again, I hope. And going for this, trying to find out the truth of this, if the truth led me someplace I did not want to go and did not want to believe, I'm going to go there and I'm going to accept it because I want the truth. The frustration I get with ufologists is they seem to have this preconceived notion of where they want things to go or how they want things to be. You know, I have an abundance. I mean, people that are around me, they experience what I experience on the physical realm. They see it with their own eyes. We photograph this stuff. We film this stuff. We filmed a woman walking through me when I shot a TV pilot for the History Channel. We filmed a woman walking through me when I said that there's a woman walking through me. And on a clear camera, we got the footsteps of that happening. That's real. That's reality. But we have so many people nowadays that seem to want to push things in a predetermined way and have it go toward a predetermined end, regardless of what they encounter in between. And yeah. if you're going to be a serious researcher, you can't do that. Yeah. it. Sh- I mean, obviously the scientific method is that you have a hypothesis. And so you have an idea in your mind, but you can't abandon science to make your right. hypothesis true. If it's not true, it's not yeah. true. If it's true, it's true. Exactly. Yeah, you, you can't abandon the actual method itself. And I, I understand what you're saying. I, I do think a lot of people just, they're wanting to get something into this specific peg because that's what they want the outcome to be. But it's like, first of all, you can't control really much. And you definitely right. can't control the paranormal realms. You know, I mean, we don't even right. know probably the tip of the iceberg is what we understand yeah. about these realms. Uh, yeah. We, we barely scratched it. We, you know, I tell people, I said, one of the examples that I always give is way back a long time ago, uh, Rod Ive or Rod Eve, however you pronounce him, Constantine Rod Eve, They think he was the father of EVP, electronic voice phenomenon, which is recording spirit voices on a tape recorder. And they think he was the father of that. And I started researching that and it goes way, 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 way back beyond him. There were people doing that way before he was. And then we come on up and we have this incredible, vast technology. Cell phones are one of the most magical things you can think about. It's a telephone. It's a TV. Watch movies on it. It's got a calculator. It's got alarms. It's got GPS. It tells you where to go and how to get there. It's magic in the palm of your hand. And we've got computers. And we've got all of this advanced electronic stuff. And way back a long time ago, when they were recording EVP on tape recorders with tape, they would get, now we're way advanced. We've got computers and we've got we've got cell phones and we've got all these advanced electronics. And we've got all this mind-blowing technology. And we get, it's like. We haven't advanced. We haven't, we, like you say, we barely, barely, barely scratched the surface in this stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's just such a mind boggling thing. I think I told you before I was talking to this guy on the podcast I was on. This guy was a professional musician. He said, I can take any sound, any piece of music, put it in my software and do anything on the planet that you can imagine with it. But he says, I can upload these EVP and I can hear them, but I cannot find the frequency that they're using to speak. And so for all of our advancement, we're still in the dark there. And I told him, I said, that's going to be our giant breakthrough. When we find that frequency, we'll hold real-time two-way communication with the other side. But we're so far away from that. And one of the problems that we have is people in the paranormal don't want to mess with science. Scientists eschew the paranormal. They don't want anything to do with it. It's hocus pocus. It's bugaboo. It's nonsense. And what you need to do is successfully marry those two disciplines together. Because it's like I told Brandon Fugel. I said, Brandon, I said, science cannot catch up with the paranormal right now. I said, you may have evidence that something happened, but you don't know what spirit or energy or intelligence manifested that and why, for what purpose. I said, you got to get the wizards out there. You got to get the magicians out there, the mm-hmm. psychics, the mediums out there. And then you can say, okay, well, I'm, I'm 
this happened over here, this fell 20 degrees in this spot, according to our instruments. And it looks like on camera, some type of portal open. And then the psychic can go, yes, the spirit is over there and he's communicating to me that he did this. He wants you to be aware of this, 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 or that, or whatever. And so you have to marry those two disciplines together, but we have this reluctance to do that. Scientists don't want to work with psychics at all. Psychics are a little bit reluctant to work with scientists because of the way we've been treated by scientists, law enforcement, mm -hmm. everything else. But that's what it's going to take to really, really make the ultimate advancement in this is to marry those disciplines together and work in a controlled environment together with the idea of working not for national security or advancing weapons systems or can the psychic kill somebody at a distance, which has been experimented with. That's pretty but much it, yeah. Of, yeah, instead of doing that, let's get together and go, okay, let's marry these disciplines together and see what we can get from the other side that's beneficial, that's helpful, that guides us, that helps us in the manners of healing, alleviating pain, addressing the issues that we have on the earth. Let's assume the earth itself is sentient. I believe that it is. What do we need to address as far as how we're treating Earth, how we're treating each other? And when we begin to work that way and, and not a, a religious knee-jerk attitude or, or a scientific knee-jerk attitude or a psychic knee-jerk attitude, when we can put all that aside and begin to work that way, we might stand a chance of making some progress here with this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that all the time. And, you know, I watch a lot of paranormal shows, too, and they are having psychics come on. However, right. my my one issue is that they kept the same formula, but they just like plopped yeah. in a psychic. Why don't we yeah. also change the formula a little bit so that we can exactly. maybe instead exactly. of just having the psychic do like one baseline read of a building, why don't yeah. you have the psychic stay? That's an idea. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like, and and have everybody go through every room together and everybody bounce off of each other everything they're getting and Operate all of that and then, you know, spend enough time there to do some good and then evaluate that and then go back and do it again in the same spot. Doesn't it seem like a duh that you should yeah. uh, not? They always want to isolate the psychic and isolate the tech. Why not right. use them at the same time? I don't understand. Exactly. 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 Yeah. That's what they should be doing. And it's like one should be feeding off the other. And I firmly believe that there are some intelligences, being spirits, energies that may be able to affect a particular bit of instrumentation that maybe can't communicate with a particular psychic that's there, or that being can communicate with a psychic, but he can't affect the instrumentation. Exactly. So we have to allow for all of those things. And, and you also have to have time. Uh, you have to yes. be willing to invest time. Yes. Because if I come in to, to you and your wife's house and we sit there and we talk for an hour and then I leave, I don't know your history. I don't know your foibles. I don't know what's in your kitchen cabinets. I don't know what you're going to have for dinner that night. I don't know what you're going to feed me if I come over. I don't know what you like to drink. There's this whole vast repertoire of things that are left unsaid, unexperienced and unknown. And so if you go into an investigation and you spend one night there, that's all you've got. I was telling somebody today, I was telling one of my clients today that I was reading for, I was giving them an example of, we think we know so much and we don't know anything. And in relation to doing things like that and, and finding out information, I said, look, this my, my wife and I were friends with this couple. Now this couple were high school sweethearts. Think about that. High school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. Graduated, went to college together. Were college sweethearts. Got out of college, got married, went into business together. Oh, God. Together all the time. <laughs> together since high school. And she was out with him. The guy said something about a certain thing that he had done at one time in his life. And she turned and looked at him and said, what? I never knew that. When did you <laughs> do that? Yeah. So look. We don't know everything. There's always more things to be discovered. And so you go one night, you get an EVP, the REM pod goes off, you see an apparition, you catch it on camera. Great. Let's go the next night and see if we can deepen that. Mm -hmm. Hey, you walk by, we caught you on camera. Who are you? Yeah. What purpose do you have in being here? Are you passing through? Do you stay here? Do you have a message? Who touched the REM pod? 
Why? What's going on? What do you want to communicate? We got one pretty good EVP. Can we get some more? Can you be a little clearer? Are there others here to communicate? And you do that night. Then you go again and you do it. And you go again and you do it. And you spend a week there, two weeks there, whatever. And you mine that place spiritually. Just like you'd mine a mine for gold or silver or whatever. You go and you mine that place. You get all the nuggets out of it you can. And you get all the information that you can. And then guess what? Some other crew is going to come with a different equipment, a different psychic, and they're going to get more stuff and different stuff than what you got. Exactly. I come in, maybe I'm not the psychic the ghost wants to talk to. Maybe there's a particular spirit there that am I ain't going to talk to John Russell. And another psychic comes in the next night and they're like, blah, 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 blah. I like this, this guy or gal. I'm going to talk to them. So we have to allow for those things in a reasonable way. Instead of going for entertainment, you know, too much of these shows are entertainment value. Let's see if we can scare somebody. Uh, yep. Let's see if we can get the ratings. That's not what the paranormal realm is and what it should be about. We have to understand this is a real realm populated by real intelligences. These beings have will, volition, emotions, just like we do. They have reasons for doing things just like we do. And we have to understand that going in. And we also have to understand, I go back to this old saw. Back when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, we had this guy in town that did did ham radio, shortwave, whatever you call it. So on a good night with good conditions, we would sit there and talk to people from West Texas. We would talk to people in Australia or England. My God. And we'd hold 15, 20 minute conversations just clear as a bell. The next night, you couldn't reach anybody across town. Yeah. And I think that that's why you go back to these places you want to investigate over and over and over again, because last night the conditions may not have been optimal for the best communication from the other side. So if you go to a place, go there every day for a week, two weeks if you can, three weeks if you can, really document it, really dig into it. What are you getting? Get the story of the place, the energy, the intelligences, the ghosts, the people, everything. Get that story to the the degree that you can. And then move on to the next place. And then what? Next year, come back and do it again. And you may yeah. still get more, you know? Yeah, that's my my other real issue with paranormal shows, other than it's being formulaic and them not using all the tools that they could. It's just that they don't stay long enough for right. a real investigation. It's not an investigation at all. What it is, is you're just sort of turning on your little device and you're spending the night in a haunted house. That's it. There's no real deep investigation because that's not enough time to collect data. The media is always behind, right? We have to always teach it. Like, this is what we want now. So can you please shift? So I have to hope that that's happening. I do see it happening a little bit more. Skinwalker Ranch, they're like, camp the fuck out there. I mean, they they stayed for months. I always tell people, and one of our uh, mutual dislikes to the contrary, you can't make an appointment with a UFO. You have to <laughs> be there. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I've tried. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. You have to be there and open and receptive and willing to whatever time frame the other side wants to communicate with you. Now, obviously, there are things you can do to try and facilitate that, some of which is successful, but uh, for the most part, you got to say, okay, you know, I'm here. You you show up when you can, and I'm I'm ready. I'll be here. A lot of these places, I'm not sure that they spend the night anyways. I think they may go and film for an hour or two and leave. One of the things that I will burst everybody's bubble on, what we projected when I shot the TV pilot for the History Channel, the projection that we were going to, and this is the only thing that we did that wasn't up to snuff. The rest of it was 100% above board. We would have set the bar for all paranormal shows forever. But the one thing that they did was they were going to give the impression that I spent the night at this place, and that didn't occur. That that wasn't going to happen. We, you know, we weren't going to do that. Uh, down the road, we may have had future plans to actually have done that, but that was kind of the impression. And one of the things that they were trying to do was to give the impression that we shot the pilot in a day's time that it started in the morning, went to the night, and we accomplished all this in one day. It took us a week to shoot that pilot episode. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, no, look, anybody that watches TV that has half a brain is going to go, now, wait a minute. They couldn't go from here <laughs> to here and do this and then go here and do this in one day. No way. There's no possible way. Yeah. So I was, I was laughing over that. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the vagaries of television and the way that they want to portray things. 
if you could get a production crew, a film crew, and then a subsequent network that was willing to air a long-term investigation like that. And yes, when you're sitting there eating and nothing happens, fine, edit that out. When the guy's over here falling asleep in the chair, edit that out. Uh, but look, there's going to be things that are occurring and put them in the time frame of that day and put them together in a, in a coherent and interesting way and then air that, show that, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's basically kind of what they do at Skinwalker Ranch because, you know, there's a lot of time they're out there feeding the cows. Nothing's happening. But then you see this orb or you see the UFO or the temperature drops 40 degrees over here, 20 degrees, whatever. Yeah. And uh, even Skinwalker Ranch gets a little slow for me sometimes. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> One of my pet peeves, again, is that we air the same things over and over and over mm -hmm. and over. Just the other day, another Roswell thing. Just the other day, another Rendlesham Forest thing. It's like, you know, my pet peeve is, look, there are UFO experiences happening right now as you and I speak. And where is the money to pony up the production crew to go out and hunt this stuff down, record it in real time, interview the witnesses, and, and then put it on TV as fast as you can. You know, we do the nightly news. We could have an up-to-date program yeah. where this, this past week, we were in Ohio, and look what we caught, look what happened, mm -hmm. you know, and do that. Come on. Why can't yeah. we do that? Where's yeah, think, the reticence to do that? Yeah, think about uh, SNL is a perfect example. I mean, those people yeah. haul ass all week, and they make a full hour and a half show. And, you yeah. know, that every week it's fresh content. It's not always funny, yeah. but, you know, so but what? it's always fresh. It's, it's always, always fresh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, my God, we're still talking about Roswell. Come on. Roswell's been beaten to death. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, there's things happening right now. You know, look, yeah. the Magic Rock is a brand new acquisition. That's a brand new thing happening with me. There's mm -hmm. going to be more new paranormal things happening with me in the weeks to come. We need this mm -hmm. ability to recognize that these things are happening every day all around us. And why can't we document that? You know, why yeah. do we have to keep going back to events that are 30, 40, 50 years old or older? And, you know, why do we ignore all the things that people are doing and researching and experiencing right now? Why do we ignore that? I just don't understand that. Yeah, I think it's just about money. Uh, the, you know, Hollywood thinks that it can make money from a certain formula and a certain subject yeah. matter. And they're, they're usually wrong, though, because, you know, right, right. and it's not just about supernatural stuff. It's also about like, I don't know, letting women be in more movies or letting women right. be in movies past a certain age. Like, it's okay to see yeah. old women. And then they thought they'd make it's no okay money. From that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, and they did. Nobody likes to acknowledge that we age. It's like, are you kidding me? Everybody yeah. ages. It's like, why do you try and escape that? Some <laughs> of the best actors and actresses that I have seen are old. Yeah. And they bring this authenticity and this life experience and this enthusiasm and intensity to the screen because of what they've lived and what they've done. I watched Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick. I've seen that like 30 times now. I'm in love with it. <laughs> and Tom Cruise looks the best he has ever looked. He's yeah. more handsome than he's ever been. He's the best actor he's ever been. Guess what? He's old. And, you know, I, I just, like you say, it's, it's this formula that everybody reverts to. You know, in, in the trade journals, I remember reading, they had, I guess, I don't know, I can't remember, it was like eight or 10 or 12 of the top New York literary agents. Mm -hmm. And they interviewed them in a roundtable discussion. And the top New York literary agents admitted that we don't look for the original, we look for the next Jaws. We look for the next Exorcist. We look for the next Green Mile. We look for the next whatever. So all we're doing is just, and they're admitting that. They're just saying, we, we know it may not be right, but we're just all looking for that next replication that we know will be another success. We're going to copy that. We're going to put it on the screen. And it's like, I think they've conditioned the reading public and the viewing public to expect that. And unless we get a replication of something, well, it must not be any good then. And, yeah. and they've crippled us that way. As far as our understanding of what art is, what literature is, and what TV and movies and things could be. And every time that I see a show 
in the U.S. that comes on TV for the first time. And I think, oh, that's that's groundbreaking. That's original. No, it's a copy of a show that was done in Japan or in Sweden or in Germany or someplace else that's already been airing for a long time. And they just adapted it to the U.S. Yeah. Are you yeah. where's the original writers? Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, they're they're trying really hard. And I used to live in a really bougie area in, in L.A. I didn't live in a bougie house. I just happened to live in a little apartment in that neighborhood. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the things that I learned about being in that neighborhood was that there were tons of screenwriters living on our street and like in our neighborhood. It was a really big yeah. neighborhood of Larchmont. Most of them are writing scripts and they're not getting developed. So what happens yeah. a lot of times, and people don't realize this, is that scripts are often picked up and mm -hmm. they get, I mean, they get purchased because they can afford these big, big fucking houses and they yeah. get purchased, but they never get made. They never get yeah. made. So they get that. They, initial, up and they like, sit on some person's desk and that's it. And that's the end of it. And it's yeah. really sad because the, a lot of these very creative humans are just twiddling their thumbs and they're really depressed because none of their work yeah. is getting yeah. made. Yeah. Exactly. So. And that translates into the paranormal UFO realm. You know, if, if you look at the conferences, there has been, oh gosh, several people that have voiced public complaints here recently, because if you go to a psychic paranormal conference, a UFO conference, it's the same faces, the same books, the same presentations, over and over and over ad infinitum ad nauseum, no new information, nothing to hang your hat on, but they know that's the draw. Yeah. That name is going to sell tickets. And these people, numerous people have complained about that and said, hey, look, I have some real valid good experiences. I have some real valid information here to share, but I can't be picked up and go to one of these conferences and be a presenter because I'm not a quote unquote name. Yeah. And so if they look at me and I say, hey, I've got Da, 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 da. And that may be astounding, fresh, real information. Yeah, but we've got so-and-so, and he's a well-known name. He's been on TV, and he's a ticket seller, so we're booking him again. And, and that's kind of the way the whole ufology thing goes. It's become a cottage industry. You did it. You listen to the whole damn episode. Either that or you fast forwarded to listen to this outro, which is a weird thing to do. What do you think? You think you'll want to do a long-term paranormal investigation that uses some of the suggestions that John and I have? If you don't feel like doing that, don't worry, I did it for you. It's just, you know, so neatly packaged in, I don't know, I think it's six hard drives and 10 terabytes. So it's going to be a while. I'm not giving you any fucking dates. I have no idea when that's coming out, but we're working on it and I'll keep you updated. Make sure you check out what John is up to. You can check him out at johnrussell.net. Also, of course, links will be in the show notes for this episode. Y'all are great. Be gentle with yourself. I know I say that a lot, but it, it's important to repeat it over and over and over again because we forget all the time. And I probably have told you this fucking shit too, but I don't care. Remember that when you feel like everything is horseshit and you're bombarded by only bad news, that a lot of that is a byproduct of really greedy people essentially using people as fodder. It's in their best interest to keep us divided, but people are mostly good. We just have been calibrated, literally, to focus on the bad. And if you start feeling like shit after doom scrolling for a while, put the phone down and hang out with people you really, really love. Laugh with them, drink with them, don't drink with them, draw with them, listen to music, watch movies, wrestle, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care what it is, but just remember that forging relationships and feeling joy and feeling happy and connected is so important to combat all of the negativity that we deal with every fucking day. That matters too. In fact, it matters more than we think it does. So go investigate paranormal shit and see what John's up to. Bye. Thank you for following the woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 